All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of Speak to the Beak. I am Tim the Thirds, and I gotta say, it's a beautiful, beautiful day. Pitchers and catchers reported. By the time you're listening to this, it'll probably be the day after, but that's all right. It's a beautiful day for us over here at Beak Brands. Obviously, it's nice to transition from the NFL, where my Chiefs let me down, to Major League Baseball, where the Mets will let me down, but at least I know that going into it. Um, I am joined by Keith Hernandez, the fake Keith Hernandez. Um, <laughs> if you listen to our previous podcast, he was the one who was helping me out with the all-decade stuff. We had a pretty good time. That is still up, obviously, on the website if you want to take, you know, go back and listen to that. But, Keith, how you doing? I'm doing great, Tim. Glad to be here. He sounds thrilled. So, <laughs> we have some pretty big news, though, Keith. This is breaking. Now it's about 10 minutes ago. Tim Tebow has just retired from the major from Major League Baseball. How do you think that affects the Mets? <laughs> <laughs> I think this is the best offseason move for the Mets this year. Uh, we finally don't have to worry about, uh, you know, the Wilpons anymore. Now that Steve Cohen's got the team, we don't got to worry about him, uh, you know, ever bringing up Tebow one September when the Mets are 15 games out of first place to come, uh, you know, sell at a stadium for one one week. And you don't like when the Mets are 15 games out and they bring up guys like that? <laughs> nah. <laughs> no, it's that I, yeah, my, my favorite pastime is when, uh, you know, the, the Mets sign a 38-year-old player like uh, Jose Batista, for example. Bring him in, sell out a couple of games, have him hit a walk-off grand slam, and you know be satisfied with being seventy-two and ninety or whatever. Well, my dad is funny with it because what'll happen is he'll say for like ten years straight that we should get player X, and then we finally get him. He's like, well, I want him now. He's so big and can't run. He's never healthy. His bat speed's terrible. <laughs> His shoulder shot, whatever. He's like, I don't yeah. want him now. You wait and see what go get him. But that's a typical Mets move. Um, so let's tell the people kind of why we're here. So starting from today, moving forward, we're going to be breaking down every single division with a little divisional preview heading up to opening day. And then obviously, if you've been engrossed in football or you've been you know, mesmerized by Brooklyn Nets over there in the NBA, um, we're going to get you back into baseball mode. We'll recap our important kind of stuff that went over on the offseason and how that's going to lead into the season here. So before we start that, you need to follow Beak Brands on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatever social media you got. I think we're actually on LinkedIn too, which is insane. Um, you can follow us pretty much anywhere. You can follow me at Tim Ferdinand and you can follow Keith at Keith Hernandez with two Z's at the end because the one Z Keith Hernandez was taken by, you know, number 17. So, well, let's get right into it, Keith. So like we just said, we're going to talk about some of our favorite moves from the offseason. And why don't we start with some big names that people probably know. So there's a lot of big name signings. Which one was your favorite and why? Yeah, so my, my favorite definitely had to be the Phillies bringing back JT Realmuto. Um, you know, they, they waited out the, mer the, the mark, uh, the market perfectly, you know, thinking that, I think everyone thought that the Mets were going to sign them pretty much off the bat, give them the money he wanted, which was probably, I know he was looking for six, seven years, which would have been insane for a 29 year old catcher, um, probably wanted at least 150 million plus, uh, you know, the Mets 
weren't willing to give him that. Went with James McCann instead. Uh, you know, Phillies Phillies waited and got a nice hometown discount. Um, you know, even even though still it's still a huge contract set the set the catcher market. Definitely a lot less money than I think a lot of people were expecting him to him to bring in. Yeah, see, I like your pick. One, because I think you need a strong catcher, and there's not a lot of really, really good catchers out there, and he's definitely probably the best catcher in the league. And if he's not number one, he's number two. He's right there. Um, I thought we were going to be the sorry team that was going to give him that insane contract. And by we, I mean the Mets, in case you're new to this show here. Um, Thank goodness we didn't get sucked into that. And kind of like Keith said, I think everyone in baseball knew that the only team, it was a two-team race. It was between the Mets and the Phillies, pretty much, where that was going to grossly overpay. Phillies waited on it. The Mets scooped up McCann early, which kind of took him out of it. And then Philly got him on a reasonable deal. So I do like that move for them. And like you said, it's a re-sign. So he's kind of familiar with the place already. Uh, for me, my big, my big name signing is Marcelo Zuna. So last year, he batted 338, 18 home runs, 431 on base. Now, it's obviously a little bit better than his career averages. He's a 276 career hitter. Um, but he, he has hit 20 home runs in every single season except for his rookie year. Obviously, if you exclude the COVID year, he only played, like, whatever it was, 60 games, but still he had 18 home runs. So he was on pace to go past 20. Um, and my favorite part about the Marcelo Zuna experience here is his contract is super reasonable. Four years, $64 million. It's probably the, my main reason why I like it. Anytime you can get someone who's pretty much going to bat 280 with 20-plus homers and not strike out a ton, and when he's healthy, he plays really good defense, you can sign me up for that. So what do you think about Ozuna? Yeah, it's an absolute steal for the Braves. You know, I like Ozuna, don't love him. Um, and, you know, with without the DH this year, uh, it's going to be a little rough first year. Uh, and, you know, having him out there in left field, I'm – I'm sure you've seen plenty of his uh, defensive bloopers out there. You know, he, when he was in Miami, he played a, he did play a little bit of center field, and he was all right. But I don't know once once he got the the St. Louis in 2018, he was not looking too great out there. Um, yeah, his yeah. best his best attribute on defense was always his arm. His like arm he could throw yeah. people out from anywhere, and then once he had that shoulder issue for like a year and a half, he couldn't even throw to the cutoff man. Yep. So that kind of made him a big liability. But when they had him in the outfield, like sparingly last year, he looked pretty good. Yeah, he looked he looked a lot better. You know, he just reminds me of uh like a healthy Cespedes, pretty much. And this is this is Cespedes on a four-year, sixty-four million dollar deal is what we're, is pretty good. Yeah, this is definitely you know the the contract that probably the Mets should have signed Cespedes to back in the day, Correct. instead of giving him that insane contract, but. You know, I'm I'm sure him carrying them to the World Series that one year didn't didn't help him too much. And you know, or Ozuna did really help the Braves last year. Um and I know I knew the Braves wanted to keep him. It took him a while to, you know, get him signed, but I'm sure that I'm sure they're glad to have him again in that lineup. Yeah, especially because we're gonna talk about this when we get to the NL East there, because we kind of picked two guys that stayed in the uh, NL East there. But I, I, as of right now, Braves are your current favorite. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I know every, everyone's counting them out, and it's scaring me so much. <laughs> I know they're gonna come around and win ninety-five plus games. Um, I just do not like a lot of guys. They're they're bringing back pretty much their whole team, yeah. plus Charlie Morton. Yeah, which is 
who we're going to talk was, about in a second. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, we'll talk. Him, yeah. We'll sit on him. <laughs> um, so the main reason, other than I think Ozuna is just like super solid, um, yeah. that I picked Ozuna as my favorite big signing, was because if you look at his numbers, and we're going to talk about like this is my the worst signing to me, or like my least favorite, however you want to phrase it. George Springer, who is, I'll be nice and say the same player as Marcelo Zuna, but strikes out a whole lot more. He's a 270 career hitter, has not played a full season since 2016. He's a full like year and a half older. He's 31 already, and he's about to play on Toronto's turf, which is just bound to make even more injured than he already is. Got like three times the amount of money that Marcelo Zuna got. I get it. He plays center field. There is no way this man at age 31 on that turf with his already broken down body is going to be playing center field for the next six <laughs> seasons or whatever it is. There's just no way. I read, I saw a tweet, and I know I'm going to butcher this, but there was only like two center fielders that had a bigger contract overall at the time they signed it than George Springer. Mike Trout and Jacoby Ellsbury. <laughs> We're not in good territory here. We're just not. Because he's not as good as Mike Trout. We all know what happened with Jacoby Ellsbury. He went from stealing like 70 bags a year to like, oh man, I have a hang now. I can't play for the next 100 days. <laughs> so that is good. So to me, the George Springer thing, he's a solid player. But for the amount of money they gave him, I'm out. I'm out on it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I think five years, 100 million. Like kind of around what what JT got, uh, it's a you know a little less about you know twenty million a year. I think that would have been a lot more reasonable for someone like George Springer, especially yeah. him being age thirty one, um, hasn't played hasn't played a full season in the past four years. You know he's he's someone probably two three years into that contract. He's either going to be playing right field or DH. So yeah. You know, I'm, yeah, we, I'm we glad about this like off air before we started recording this. Yeah, there is no way this guy makes it through his whole contract. No, like playing center field, there's no way. I zero chance, I think. And I'm I'm glad the Mets didn't end up going for him. Saved us from ourselves. It was, it, yeah, it was, a, it was a smart decision. You know, they I think they had gone five years, 125, which is I mean not terrible, but like still not ideal for someone like George Springer. Um, but, and you know, the, the Blue Jays won an extra year. They went the extra 25 and that was it. Saved us. Yeah, forget it. You can take them. <laughs> the main reason I'm not saying I didn't want Springer. Well, one, everything we just talked about, but two, if we gave George Springer that much money, there was no way we were keeping Conforto. And I'd rather have Conforto. Like yeah. you have to pick one, like that, that's not even a choice to me. So like, yeah. what are we doing even talking to this guy? Yeah, I, I agree one with you. Note I want you to bring up because you brought it up before we started. Yeah. There was another guy that when he went to Toronto, everyone's like, oh man, this is going to be so <laughs> great for him. It's going to uh, be amazing. You want to fill him in on that guy? Yeah. <laughs> Troy Tulowitzki in 2015, when he got traded to the Blue Jays, everyone's like, oh, this injury prone guy, you know, playing on the turf, getting him out of the high altitude, it's going to save his career. And he got hurt that first, the first when he got traded, he got hurt. Played another season, I think he played 130 games in 2016. He had like 250. He was ter- and he got hurt twice. Then he never, never played again. I think he played 27 games 
in 2017, was out all of 2018, and played five games for the Yankees in 2019, and that was it. Yeah, so you have a good memory by pulling that off the top of your head. So what happened was, we can re- we can rewind real quick, then we'll move on. In 20, so he was um, an all-star for the Rockies going into 2012, got injured, got injured in 2013, got injured in 2014. They traded him, right? 2015, they traded him. He played 41 games for the Blue Jays, and this is mid-year, so it's not the full season. He ended up playing 120 games total. 2016, he played 131 games, and he bat he batted 254 compared to his like almost 300 career average in Colorado. Then in 2017, he batted 249, playing in 66 games. He didn't play 2018 at all, like you just said. And then in 2019 for the Yankees, he played five games, batted 182. <laughs> so Toronto's not really the place to go if you're an injury-prone player, which yeah. Roach Springer is at this point. Oh, man, I just can't. I- I'm just so happy the Blue Jays have him and that we do not. Yep, I agree with you. So now that we're done with George Springer here, what was your – least favorite signing because i think you also don't like the george springer deal and i can install that because that's one of like the top five worst contracts in baseball now in my opinion but we could flip it over to someone who's not nearly as terrible (laughs) yeah yeah so i think my least favorite deal was the national sign kyle schwarber just doesn't make sense to me you know i I, think maybe they assumed there was going to be a dh now there's not they're gonna have to stick him out in left field or yeah, left field, right field. I don't. Where does Juan Soto play? Juan Soto. Juan Soto plays in left, right? Yeah, yeah. So they're gonna have to. They're gonna have to move one of them. It's gonna have to switch corner outfield spots. I've never seen Schwarber play right field before. Um, Schwarber's like a 220 career hitter. Um, and honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if you know Schwarber hits under 200, gets DFA this year, and ends up signing for a league minimum next year. Don't think it's gonna be a good idea for the Nationals to. Uh, to keep that guy on the field for too long. Yeah, I mean, the problem with him is that he's like a, he's like a good power hitter. Like I get it, but his his defense is like you're better off having me out there in the outfield. <laughs> like that's how bad it is. He like, he just... lost the Cubs that that 2015 playoffs. Yeah. He was awful out there. <laughs> it was like when uh, the Mets brought Daniel Murphy. You know, like, will you play outfield? Yeah, and exactly. He was like 20 feet away from it by the time it fell. I was like, dude, exactly. how did you make it this far? You can't even track a fly ball. <laughs> but no, I, I agree on Schwarber. Like, I, they had to have assumed there was going to be a DH because you don't sign this guy to a National League team with no DH because he just yeah. literally can't play anywhere on defense. Exactly. Um, and there was, like, rumblings. I, it's never going to happen. But all the time he was in Chicago, like, oh, they might move him back to catcher. They might move no, him back yeah. to catcher. That was never <laughs> happening. That never was happened. literally not happening. <laughs> So I kind of agree with Keith. The only thing that might save him is that it's a, it's a one-year deal. So if it's yeah, terrible, yeah. he'll just, you know, he's not going to be like an albatross like George Springer in four years from now where you're paying this guy like $30 million to not play. <laughs> um, but no, that, that's pretty terrible. <laughs> that's pretty bad. Yeah. I think uh, before we move to our next, our next part, we're going to have to skip ahead to uh, who had the best offseason. Um, okay, I, think we yeah. can, I think we can all agree the Padres by far had the best offseason, you know, adding all their pitching. They have one the of the best rotations. First of all, I want to say, look at Keith. He feels comfortable out here. He's like, nah, Tim's the host. Screw that. I'm deciding <laughs> what we're talking about. I, like, right, no. But I agree. That's where I was going to go anyway. I so have I'm some, on the same page. I have some breaking news, though, that just made their offseason even better. 
Fernando Tatis oh, Jr. just signed a 14-year extension worth $340 million. Wow, that was really good timing during the middle yeah. of this recording here. So 14 for $340 million. Now, Keith, I have a question for you. Would you say that Fernando Tatis Jr. is a top five player in base, position player in baseball? Top three. To and me, he's top who three. Guys, who are your guys? I have Trout at one, obviously. I don't. I I was seeing some MLB list yesterday, MLB Network list yesterday, where p- people had Trout at two and three. I don't even. I don't even understand. Trout clearly number one. I think Betts is a clear number two, and Tatis is right there, number three. Look at that. See, I was gonna say I thought you know top five. I was like, okay, like I'm, I'm being pretty conservative there, but no. Keith is one up in me, and he's going top three. The only guy I agree with everything you just said. The only guy I would throw in there, only because I love him, even though he had a bad year last year, was Christian Yelich. Yeah. Because his stats are equivalent to Mike Trout when he's out there being healthy. It's just some notes on Tatis. He's only 22 years old, so by the time this contract is over, he'll be 36. Um, he hit 317 his rookie year with 22 home runs, 53 RBIs, and 16 stolen bases. And he didn't he didn't even play the full season. Um, and I'm sure if he did, he definitely would have won Rookie of the Year because he would have been like a 30-30 guy rookie season. Like that's unheard of. Um, you keep going. That kind of locks him in next to Manny Machado on the infield there. And normally, I'm against people. Um, that sign these like massive, massive contracts because it's like like the long year ones because they're always terrible by the time it's over, always. But they people got smart, right? Because like I'm trying to think, like Albert Pujols, uh, like A Rod was another guy. They signed like later in their careers, like these really long contracts. By the time it was over, it was like we're paying this guy a lot of money to not be good. They signed Tatis at 22. By the time he's done, he'll be 36. And that's when players really start to, like, go downhill. So by the time it's over, he'll be on unless his way Unless you're Nelson out. Cruz. Yeah, unless you're Nelson Cruz, you're <laughs> always good. And you can thank steroids for that. But that's okay. That's all right. Everyone does all it. Right. Baseball, all right, I get it. Listen, the boomstick's got to do something to keep it going. Exactly. <laughs> so, wow, I love some breaking news there, as you could see. Totally unscripted. But, um, so yeah, let's swing it back to the Padres there. So, putting the Tatis news aside, which obviously is huge for them, where do you land on the rest of their offseason moves? So, just in case, you know, you people aren't caught up here, I'll give you some highlights. Picked up Hugh Darvish, picked up Blake Snell. They signed a couple other guys here and there, but those were like the two big names they brought in pitcher-wise. Say that again? Joe Musgrove. Yeah, they picked up Joe Musgrove in a trade. They extended, I guess, if you want to call it that, Mike Clevenger, who's injured. But I think he's the best pitcher on their team when healthy. Um, Do you think he's better so, than Snell? Yeah, listen, if Tampa calls me and they're trying to get rid of someone on their team, I'm out. <laughs> I hang up with them. No, thank you. Um, I mean, Snell's good. I think he'll be fine for them. But, yeah. like, Listen, we're, we're heading towards an, an epic clash in the National League West between the Dodgers and the Padres, and I can't yep. wait for the NL West Divisional Preview Podcast. So it's not give too much away, but I do think they had the best offseason. The yeah, Padres, that is. 
So what was a team that was not the Padres, but you thought had a good off season? Like they made some solid moves. Well, you have a close second. I I mean, you could say the Cardinals just because they stole Nolan Arenado. You did. I can unbiasedly say the Mets as well because they pretty much built their team. I mean, they still need some pitching, I think, but you know, they they filled in pretty much all their needs. You know, they got a star shortstop. Um, they got a catcher. They got some actual pitching depth, not Walter Lockett and a bunch of bums, you know. Um, there's They have an actual team to put out there on the field that, you know, should really go out there and be able to compete with everybody at the top of the league. I agree. Yeah, I mean, at first... When everyone was like, oh, man, you know, the Cardinals trade for Nolan Arenado. I'm like, oh, wow, that probably cost them a pretty penny. And then it turns out that it didn't cost them anything. <laughs> it didn't cost them anything. And I was like, all right, that's great for them. Um, I like that meme you sent me the other day when it was like those guys fighting in the National League Central. that oh, yeah. bounced in the first round. <laughs> get that's going to be funny. Um, but obviously, we'll have time to recap the Padres, the Cardinals, and all these other teams in depth when we get to, like, divisional previews here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know you'd want to throw in the Tatis news. But obviously, this is my favorite part of the offseason where, you know, because everyone really wants the big, flashy names. And I'm not really about that. I really like the guys because baseball, I, I get it, they're all team sports. But baseball is like one of those, like, you know, in football, if you have a really, 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 really good defense and your offense is just like average, you can still do really well because they'll carry you. In baseball, if you have no pitching, you have no chance. And if you can't hit a lick, you have no chance. It's kind of like in hockey. If you don't have a goalie, it doesn't matter how good your offense is. You can look at the Oilers. They have like two of the best players in the league and they lose like half their games. So I like guys that kind of fill out the roster. So... Some of my favorite value moves, I'll just list off a couple, and then you tell me which ones you like out of these. So, James Paxton, Charlie Morton, Garrett Richards, Brad Hand, Archie Bradley, Eddie Rosario, Keone Kella, Mark Melanson, Angelden Simmons, just to name a couple. I know that was a handful there. So, out of those guys, or if you have someone else you want to add, you can. Mm -hmm. Who do you like out of that list of players? Uh, I love Simmons for the Twins. You know, that's a that's a huge upgrade to that in the field. Um, Archie Bradley, you know, we've we've talked about off air a lot uh, about how much we wanted him on the Mets. And right <laughs> right when the Reds let him go, he should have been on the Mets immediately. I don't, I don't know what was going on there, but Phillies finally, you know, upgraded that terrible bullpen. Um, for sure. James Paxton is a. Another good signing, uh, even though, you know, he's only going to throw 100, 125 innings. It's still still a good deal. You know, he's a quality arm uh, that a lot of teams could use. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Mariners end up flipping him come the trade deadline. Brad Hand, another one. Surprise, Brad Hand only signed for one year. Um, but maybe it's a, it's going to be a prove me deal and he's he's going to sign for a multi-year contract next year. Yeah, I think a lot of these guys are, you know, they're waiting for fans to come back in so teams are, like, willing to spend more money. Because a lot of these deals that I just rattled off are pretty much all one-year deals. And some yeah. of them are, like, a two-year deal. But um, my favorite guy out of this group is probably Charlie Morton. 
because uh, I just I know that he's like he's not like because everyone else on this list is more is kind of like a besides Simmons like all the pitchers anyway are more like oh hey like if this guy stays healthy or something like he'll be really good like yeah. Charlie Morton's pretty much always healthy and he's pretty much always good. Braves got him like one year, fifteen million dollars. Like that's a great contract for them. I view Paxton and Richards the same, where it's like if I can prevent this guy's arm from falling off his body, we're in great shape. <laughs> um, <laughs> Paxton is one hundred percent going to be traded. There's no way that I would trade him. Knowing the Mets, they'll do something stupid where they could have signed him for free and then end up trading to get him. Mets move. Um, Eddie Rosario was like sneaky good. I'm surprised that he like didn't really get a big deal either. Like kind of yeah. like Simmons, you said, and uh, the Archie Bradley thing. The second he became like an official free agent, there should have been Mets team representatives <laughs> outside of whatever his house, his apartment. If he was at the stadium, we should have been there. We just send them to every location. We're going to tell him, like, listen, you need to get on this plane. It's an emergency and fly him right to City Field so he can sign a contract. That should have been the only thing we did. We didn't do it. We got picked up, of course, in division because what else is new? Then we get to see him all the time. Um, so that was kind of that. But two guys I want to note out because we just talked about the Padres, Keone Kella and Mark Melanson, two, like, Super sneaky good arms in the bullpen, both Padres now. So as if their hitting and starting pitching wasn't good enough, you throw them in with Drew Pomeranz in the bullpen. Padres are scary. It's gonna be scary, and that's that's without Trevor Trevor Rosenthal too. Seems like he's gonna they're just gonna let him walk. Um, you know, I really don't know where he's gonna end up. A lot of teams need bullpen help. I'm sure he won't cost that much. Especially on a one-year deal, wouldn't expect them to get any more than what Archie Bradley got at six million. Um, I want to go back to Eddie Rosario though. Uh, signed to the Indians for, like only one year, eight million dollars, like you said before. How long have the Indians needed outfield help for at least four years? Yeah. Every, every trade deadline, it's like the Indians need a power-hitting outfielder, and I mean they they let Michael Brantley go to the Astros a few years ago, which was a big loss for them. Um, but now, I mean, Eddie Rosario will give him a little bit of help out there. He's got a great arm. He can hit, he's, he can run. So, you know, that's finally some help for the Indians in a very, very weak AL Central besides, I mean, they got the White Sox out there, but besides that, nothing else. I also want to add in, sorry, going back to Tatis for a second, full no trade clause. Wow. Because he's there for the long haul. Well, you know, full, full no trade clauses are still Still getting waived, but I mean, he can wave it. They can't move off him, is what yeah, I mean. That's yeah. that is true. Yeah. So just want to put that out there. Yeah. So he's he he'll be there for a very very long time. They still they yeah. got Machado there for eight more years. Yeah. Him for fourteen. Yeah. Hosmer for what? Four five. Weird. Yeah. They signed to a big deal too when they signed him. Mm-hmm. I just want to say the best contract in baseball right now. I don't care what anyone tells me. Ronald Acuna. Eight years, a hundred million. That was robbery. You know, it's it's so funny because like they they signed uh Albies to a to a, a extension similar to that, six or seven years. Yeah, I think forty or fifty million. Kind of kind of like the same thing as as what Jose Ramirez is on. Um, but you know that like organizations are tricking these. 
these very young, vulnerable, like international players to signing these extensions when they're worth a lot more. Um, and the, the like the article just come out right before Ronald Acuna signed the extension and he still signed for super cheap. Yeah. And, you know, I'm sure he's going to regret it by the time he's a free agent. He could have probably made the same amount of money if he just went through arbitration and then made a lot more money. Yeah, after. for sure. Uh, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure he'll still be, he's so young. He's what there for what another seven years? He's just 21 Something right now. Like so that, yeah. he's 29, 30 when he's a free agent. I'm sure he'll still get a huge deal when he's a free yeah, agent. He will. Actually. He will. But, I'm just trying to throw that because Tatis got 340. So yeah. <laughs> Acuna well, what do you, the price. Now, what do you think this means for Lindor? If if the Mets were to to re-sign him, or at least offer him a contract, be, like in spring training, well, what do you think? What do you think he'll he'll, I he'll work the up for that? Was going to be like 175. Oh yeah, million. Yeah, yeah, like pushing 200. I, well, he's not he's not in the 300 million dollar range, so we can just throw, forget so. that. No, like Tatis is the best shortstop in baseball. 100. percent I don't even think that's debatable. So, and where, where does Lindor stack up to you? Like Either two or three. Or two or three? As I, I don't, say the same thing. I, I would put him at two because I don't. I honestly do not think Trevor Story or uh, Corey Seager are better than him. I'll see. I love Trevor Story. I love Trevor Story too. <laughs> and, but everyone always ranks Trevor Story so high. And all these guys are free agents that we're talking – or next year, oh, after next yeah. year. They were talking about him, Correa. All, that's they're all for Javi Baez, even though Javi Baez is yeah, no, I know what you so mean. So overrated, but um, shortstop market is going to be insane next year. And even if the Mets, you know, miss out on signing Lindor, they they'll if if none of those guys resign, they'll have a chance to sign Someone a good shortstop. Else. Yeah, I think this is the one time you're better off waiting, seeing what happens. Yeah, but another, I mean, if Lindor has an insane year, you don't. You don't want to lose out on him. I love Lindor no, so much. Yeah. Especially because we gave up both of our shortstops to get him. <laughs> yeah. No. We don't wait have another course. shortstop coming up for another two yeah. years. Yeah. Um, but talking about, because you brought up players going to be available next year. Yeah. Talking about some players that are available next year. So I don't think the Padres or the Dodgers will be on, on any of these guys, even though they play 19 times this year, which I'll be excited for. Um, so some of my best players available, looking at Trevor Rosenthal, Chico Rizzi, Taiwan Walker. Now, apparently, Walker has been rumored to, rumored to be in, quote-unquote, extensive contract talks with the Mets. He yep. was another guy where the second he was a free agent, he should have been on a plane to here. <laughs> Immediately. So if the, if the Mets pick him up, he'll be quality. And this is not just for the Mets. I mean, in general, these three guys are like the top three guys available. And there's always teams out there that could use starting pitching. So where do you land on these three? If yeah, you were a team that needed pitching, let's just throw yeah. the Mets out of it. Just any team that needed pitching, how would you rank these guys? I know two of them Oda, are starters and one's a reliever, but yeah, Odorizzi is clear, like number one. Like this guy has to be signed by like tomorrow. Like I don't know how this guy's still a free agent. Available. Yeah, I just say the same thing. I'm surprised so, he's still available. So confused. I I would I would expect him to I to like attract a, a contract so much towards Ozuna, like four years, 64 million, something around there would be very, very reasonable for a starter, you know, quality is him, you know, solid two, three starter in a, any rotation 
he's throwing him in a stack rotation, you know, like with the Dodgers or the Mets or whatever, he's going to end up being the four or five guy. Yeah. But, you know, he's that's still like a very, very quality pitcher out there on the market. I mean, I think Tywan Walker would be number two, out, but he's got a ton of upside. Last year, he had an amazing year coming off of Tommy John surgery. I That's what I was going to say, so I'm going to cut you off right there. Yeah. Odorizzi is the guy that's like, all right, we're a contender, and we know this guy's just going to be solid AF, and he'll be out there for 200 innings or whatever, a buck like 85. 3.5 ERA. Yeah, he'll just be really good, or like slightly yeah. above good. Tyler Walker is like, this dude could be horrendous, but if he could <laughs> had last year, he'd be like a number four that pitches like a number two. Exactly. And that could put you over the top if you're a team like the Mets that don't have, in my opinion, a four or five, and we barely have a three. So I think those would be my top two guys as well. You only because you, you don't think Sherman's the three? The no, he is the three. But he's, he's, all, over the, he's all over the place. Yeah. He'll well, have, he goes through stretches where he's just like, are you Steven Matz? But he's not. <laughs> and then he comes back and he's good. So it's like... <laughs> uh. You know, I, I have a lot of faith in Strowman. Um, maybe I'm falling for his social media antics, talking about how in tune he is with his body and his mind. Um, but I, I do have a lot of hope for him. I, I, uh, I think he'll really, be really good. He's just super inconsistent sometimes. Because yeah. I played him in Toronto, too. We go through stretches where it's like, dude, the plate's over here. Yeah. And <laughs> everyone. Yeah. But Ro- Rosenthal, like we were saying before, he also has to be signed. Um, I think Ken Giles is still a free agent too. He's a free agent too, yeah. Yeah, he's a guy with a you know shaky track record, but what reliever isn't? You know what I mean? Yeah, no, they're uh, all up and down. All those guys. Yeah. Um, Rick Porcello is still a free agent too. Former Cy Young Award winner. <laughs> I love that move last year, boy. I'm so glad when we did that. <laughs> oh man, no, I don't. I don't think it'd be signed anywhere. Unless he's gonna pull like a Craig Kimbrell and sign somewhere for like league minimum in like June. Yeah. Um I think a sneaky sneaky free agent reliever. Brandon Workman. He was... didn't he? Oh, did he? I think he did, yeah. Oh, that's Oh, uh, come on, people. This is the best when we're out here. He got picked up like a couple of hours ago, I think. That's so sad. Hold on. Let me see. Gotta check the See people, machine. this is live podcasting at its finest right here. Brendan oh, Burke. to the Cubs? Yeah, the Cubs pick. That's what I thought million. it was. That's it? Wow. A lot of people aren't getting big deals. Yeah, the Cubs, Cubs don't really have money. And they're not going to trade Chris Bryant right now. But Thank God. July 31st, he will be on another team. <laughs> they can keep him. <laughs> <laughs> they can keep him. Yeah. <laughs> Team. Yeah, oh, I don't. Man. I have faith in JD Davis. Yeah, that's weird. I'm going to talk about that when we get to the NL East thing with the Mets. But just a quick little preview. It went from like, wow, JD Davis is the greatest trade we've ever made to like, we want to get rid of or replace this guy so bad. And I don't know why we want to get rid of him. I don't know. I don't know. But I think that wraps it up in terms of like, Free agency. I know we hit on some big names. Tatis just got signed in the middle of recording, so we had to address that. Yep. Um, like I stated off the top, 
Make sure you check us out wherever you listen to podcasts. We're working on the Apple thing, but if you're on Spotify, Google Podcasts, you know, like Stitcher or any of that stuff, we're there. You can listen on the website, and it's awesome because you can lock your phone, so don't worry. You don't have to keep it open the whole time. <laughs> um, like I said, you can follow me at Tim Ferdinand. You can follow Keith at Keith Hernandez, at Keith Hernandez with two Zs. Obviously, Beak Brands on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, whatnot. Um, and going forward, we'll be back next week, Keith and I, with a little divisional preview. We have not decided where we're going to start yet. I might just flip a coin and go random. Um, so that's that. kind of what we're looking at. So make sure you check in for upcoming weeks here on some divisional previews that are leading us up to the season. And then, of course, as we get closer to, you know, NFL free agency and the NFL draft, we'll be doing hopefully two pods a week. We'll have our baseball pod. We'll have our football pod. Don't worry, we have you covered. And then obviously like and comment on the material on the site. So until next time, for Keith and I, we will talk to you guys soon. Thank you.